Um, the quarterback position isn't a huge concern for me with New Orleans, but they do have some other facets of their team that, that I think pose a bit of a challenge for, for the Bills team. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. All right, all right. Bills Mafia, welcome in and thank you for joining me tonight for another episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. That's a show on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, coming out with great content seven days a week. Uh, So if you're anything like me and you really can't ever get enough of your Buffalo Bills content, definitely check out the network. Uh, Like I said, tons of great shows on there and we're coming to you every day of the week. Um, We're talking tonight about the Bills matchup against the New Orleans Saints coming up on Thanksgiving. Um, Andrew and I had some scheduling issues this week with the holiday and the short week. So uh, he covered the the beatdown that the Bills just took from the Colts. Uh, I was happy to give him the pleasure of being the one to cover that one. Um, So we're not going to dwell on that one too much here. We're going to kind of look forward to the Saints and what to expect out of this matchup. Uh, Like I said, this one is going to be on Thanksgiving. It's going to be the night game at 820. And for anybody that did make it out to that Bills game and sat in the miserable, cold, windy, rain, terrible beatdown of a game, this one's going to be in a dome. So anybody that was, you know, team dome after this week thinking that, you know, that was part of the problem with our offense and our team. Uh, we'll get to see our team in a dome this week. Um, so, like I said, they're, the team is looking to bounce back from just a terrible loss. And I'm not here to say by any means that I'm on, you know, team, this guy is falling. Um, but I'm definitely getting a little bit more towards that panic button. You know, and it really set in for me when... When you're looking at the the standings after the game and with the Chargers win, uh, Bills loss, and the Patriots win, the Bills are now number two in the AFC East, and the Patriots have taken over the number one spot, which is not something I would have really predicted at the beginning of the season. Um, Still plenty of time to to get the ship right, but what's most concerning about this win to me is it's another conference loss. and, and we have a few of those now. And if we're not in a position where where we do win the AFC East and we get into that wild card battle, we're not going to have a ton of wiggle room with tiebreakers and things like that. Um, so, so really important for the Bills going forward to control everything they can as much as they can. And that's going to start with going out there and handling business against the Saints on Thursday. Uh, so... Kind of dive right into uh, the matchup we have coming up with the Saints, and we'll start right at the quarterback position. Um, you know, if this game was just a few weeks ago and they had um, Jameis Winston still starting at quarterback, I I would have a lot more concern about this game. Um, I don't think by any means Jameis Winston is, is a great quarterback in the NFL, um, but he does provide that you know, a little bit more of the stretching the field, a little bit more take chances and kind of that gunslinger mentality that can lead to big plays. Um, 
and if not big plays, even pass interferences and, you know, allowing the defense to make mistakes, getting defensive holding calls, things like that. Um, but this week we're going to see likely some sort of combination of Trevor Simeon and um, Taysom Hill. And for what it's worth and who I remember Trevor Simeon as a player, you know, he's not going out there right now and lighting up the league by any means. Um, but he has been playing pretty solid at quarterback. Um, and then you have Taysom Hill, who, you know, I'm not really on board with as a full-time starter in the NFL. I think he's kind of a, a modern, better version of like Joe Webb when he was with the Bills. Um, but this... This Bills team is still going to be a game that everybody's circling on their calendars and being on national TV on a holiday in the primetime slot. Um, the Saints aren't going to hold anything back here. So any any sort of really cool gadgetry plays that they think they can get away with, I think we're going to see all that on full display, and I think that's going to come with Taysom Hill running the ball some. Taysom Hill having some pass attempts. So I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see a bit of a, a bigger role from him in this game than he's seen recently. Um, what concerns me a bit about going into this game isn't necessarily the quarterback position. It's kind of what we get into with the rest of the team. Um, and then seeing a game in which, against the Colts, Carson Wentz puts up just over 100 yards um, and a very modern, pass-friendly NFL, um, just seeing a quarterback that didn't really have to do much of anything and their team coming away with, with just that kind of beatdown. So um, the quarterback position isn't a huge concern for me with New Orleans, but they do have some other facets of their team that, that I think pose a bit of a challenge for, for the Bills team. Um, and that leads us kind of into the running back position. Uh, where they have a couple of really good ones that are currently banged up. So this can kind of go from their biggest strength on, on offense, in my opinion, to a real big question mark very quickly. Um, obviously, you know they have Elvin Kamara, who he's one of the most game-changing, dynamic running back threats in the league. Um, he can hurt you on the ground. Uh, he's very involved in the passing game, the screen game, and he's one of those one of those players that they're going to focus on getting the ball into his hands, and and he'll make plays in space. Um, very similar to a Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, I do think Jonathan Taylor is in fact the best running back in the NFL at this moment, um, but I th I think Kamara is certainly certainly right up there. Um, like I mentioned, he is questionable this week with a knee injury and then his primary backup, Mark Ingram coming back to the saints this year. Um, he's also questionable with a knee injury. Um, so we'll see if either of them are able to go. Um, Ingram is more of that, you know, between the tackles runner. Um, but he has seemed to have a bit of a resurgence coming back to the saints, which is, Something I find a little bit strange because I don't think he was, you know, very outstanding in his first stint with the team, but he has been able to to come back with the team and have a decent amount of productivity coming back. 
He's also currently questionable with a knee injury, which just kind of leaves a strange amount of depth for them. And I'm curious to see if neither of them can go what they do at the running back position. I have a couple of thoughts that I'll get into, but um, one of them being just an expanded role for Taysom Hill, but I don't think he can take on, you know, I don't think we're talking about him taking on primary um, running back duties. Um, the other guy that's interesting to me here is they do have uh, Ty Montgomery in the receiving core, and we know from his time with Green Bay, he does have experience in the NFL playing running back, and he he was pretty good at it. So I'm interested to see if he's in play for that slot at all if they can't go, but he is also questionable, and he has a hand injury. So... You know, on this short week, and I'm recording on a Tuesday, of course, this is going to come out on Thursday, so we'll pretty much know everything by the time you're listening to this, um, but kind of hard to to work through injury reports and injury statuses on, you know, the teams playing on Sunday, Monday being a rest day, Tuesday is kind of a walkthrough, and you have really one full day of practice on Wednesday to um, kind of assess where where some of the players are at. So definitely something I'm keeping an eye on as to, you know, what running backs we're going to see and and how I think that'll affect the offense. Uh, as far as the other receivers on on the New Orleans team, they have Traquan Smith, uh, Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris. Of course, you have Michael Thomas, who is out, um, Kenny Stills, and then as I touched on, uh, Ty Montgomery, who is questionable. Um, and in Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway, I think they have a couple of pretty damn good young receivers. Uh, I think that kind of statistically this year, they're not really going bananas, but I think they're both very talented receivers. And I kind of attribute that to a few different things. Um, one, obviously, being the quarterback play. You know, going into the season, you're not really expecting to to have to game plan for your quarterback getting a, a season-ending knee injury. Um, and then the other big factor there, I think, is is Michael Thomas being out, right? Um, bonafide number one receiver, absolute stud in the league, who's just dealt with injuries over the past couple years and seemed like a couple weeks ago he was trending towards probably being back for this game. Um, there was some sort of further setback. I believe he had another surgery and, you know, he's kind of up in the air on, on when he's possibly going to return. Um, for, for that, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset that we don't have to match up against Michael Thomas, but I think that is, you know, part of what factors into, um, these other two receivers not having, you know, eye popping statistics, uh, I think they're both doing a pretty good job, but I would say that both receivers are more of number two, number three receivers in the league and good number two, number three receivers, but neither of them really sets themselves apart as as a true number one like you're getting from a guy like Michael Thomas. Um, and then the other one of the other guys in here, you know, Kenny Stills, uh, spent some time on on the Bills practice squad last year towards the end of the season, I know. A lot of fans were calling for him to come in when, you know, 
we have him in the playoffs sitting on on the practice squad and we got Cole Beasley going out there on a broken leg but we never really did get to see him suit up um but definitely one of those burners that can get you down the field and and Deontay Harris is much the same person um he also handles the Deontay Harris also handling the punt return and kick return duties um kind of a Isaiah McKenzie type player I think he's about five six five seven buck seventy but lightning fast and and they're going to they're going to take their shots to him down the field and really try to take the top off the defense um, fortunately for the bills that's you know one of the one of the biggest areas of strength for our team is really limiting those those big down the field plays um, so hopefully, Hopefully that's something that continues this week and just a player to keep an eye on. Um, just with that top end speed, it, it's always a threat to take one to the house. Um, then we kind of move into the tight ends here. Not really an overwhelming group for me. You got uh, Adam Troutman, Nick Vanette, uh, Garrett Griffin, and Juwan Johnson. And Adam Troutman is, is their number one guy here. And he just went down with uh, sprained MCL. Um, so he's listed as doubtful, but you know, that's listed as typically about a four to six, four to six week injury. Um, and I believe that injury just happened earlier this week, um, either Monday or Tuesday. Um, so very unlikely that we see him. And then when we put together the, the remaining three tight ends, um, that they roll with here, you know, granted they they saw limited roles because Troutman was the number one guy, but the other three here on the season combined for about 15 catches, 160 yards, and I believe three or four touchdowns. Um, so despite you know the narrative on the Bills of of not being able to cover tight ends great, um, I just I don't see this as being a real real daunting task for us as far as the tight ends go. Um, the offensive line for the Saints. So this is one that I kind of struggled with a little bit. Um, in full disclosure, I find that the, the further I move away from the AFC East, the further it is to know the ins and outs of every team in the league when it comes down to you know what their left guard, right guard is doing. Um, the, some of the skill positions are, are a lot easier, but when you get into the nitty gritty, uh, it gets a little bit more difficult. Um, so some of the players they they have here left to right, it's going to be Taron Armstead, who is the left tackle. Um, he's questionable this week. Uh, left guard, you have Kelvin Throckmorton, center Eric McCoy. On the right guard, Cesar Ruiz. And at the right tackle, um, Ryan Ramzek who is also questionable this week. Um, so this is a group that was already battling through injuries. You have Landon Young out. Um, Andres Pete, they moved to the IR earlier this season. And then you look at their their two book on tackles, being a little bit banged up right now. Um, again, we don't know if they're going to play or not, but as of right now, listed as questionable. Um, overall, the unit seems to be doing a pretty good job of protecting um Simeon and outside of one game I believe it was two three weeks ago where they allowed four sacks um he hasn't been sacked more than one time in a game 
Um, so as I was looking at kind of the depth they have here and, you know, the, uh, the concern they have with injuries and whatnot, I was kind of hoping to do, you know, a little bit of a deeper dive and find out that they're just kind of allowing pressures all over the place and getting Simeon banged up, but they seem to be doing a pretty good job. Um, all that being said, I, I do still think that there's an opportunity for us to get after Simeon, um, in particular from, from the edges. Um, and that's, that's something that I feel like we really need to see in a game. Um, we had kind of a, a hot start to the season with the pass rush. When you look at the Miami game and a couple others in there where it just seems like we were in the backfield up and down the line, you know, like every third, fourth play. And that's something that as we've kind of gone through the season, you know, it's had its flashes, but it, it's kind of been up and down. And this is definitely a spot that I'm, I'm looking to see an impact from. Um, I just feel like it's so important to our defense to, to be able to generate some type of pass rush. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in the sacks department. Um, Simeon is, you know, he's, He's got some experience in the league, but he's still a fairly fairly young green quarterback who hasn't had a ton of playing time. Um, so I think if you can get some pressure on him and kind of make him move off his spots and get off his timing, um, that alone will be a, a way to affect, to affect the game. And the players that I'm really looking for impacts from are some of these younger guys and like I said, we've seen some flashes in the past few weeks, but we've been seeing flashes from Addison's been making a couple plays and Hughes has been getting some pressure. Um, and it just seems like Groot and Epinesa kind of burst onto the scene the first couple weeks. And, you know, they haven't been terrible, but they've, they also haven't really been the game wreckers that they started out the season looking like they were going to be. Um, also would like to see Ed Oliver kind of continue this tear that he's been on and and really keep getting the pressure up the middle. Um, so that's going to kind of wrap it up for the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and I will come back with a little bit of the defensive breakdown. All right, welcome back in, and thank you again for joining me on tonight's episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. We're going to jump back in and kind of discuss a little bit about what I think the real strength of this New Orleans Saints team is, and that's going to be the defense. And as I'm going through, you know, doing some research for the show here, and I'm trying to find where the where the real areas are that we can exploit on this defense, I just don't see many places to poke holes in it. They have just a good blend of talent and youth and veteran leadership, and it goes through pretty much all the position groups on the team. So we're just going to kind of dive in, starting out with the defensive line. Um, so you see Cameron Jordan there, Shai Tuttle, David Anyamada, and Marcus Davenport. And the only thing I can really say for this front four here is that they are a little banged up, and we've seen this with a few different position groups on the team. Um, but it's overall just a very stout front four. 
Um, in particular, the two defensive ends, Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport, um, they both have a knack for getting after the quarterback. And Cameron Jordan has four sacks on the season thus far. Uh, Marcus Davenport has five and a half so far this year. And Davenport is on the on their injury list as questionable right now. And then when you kind of get to the depth behind him, the, the person that's most intriguing to me at the depth of the position uh, is Peyton Turner, um, who the Saints lost and had to place on the injured reserve this year. And he's kind of a guy I was interested to see as I saw this matchup at the beginning of the season when the schedule came out. Um, just there was a lot of chatter about, you know, if the Bills were looking at a defensive end, um, him being a good fit with the Bills. And, you know, of course we know the Saints end up taking him at 28 and we get Rousseau at 30. Um, so n- kind of like when people talk about the ETN situation, we, we never really ended up getting a crack at him anyways. Um, but just some of these guys that, you know, I constantly saw in mock drafts going to the Bills, it's always interesting for me to to see kind of the trajectory their their career takes versus the guys we end up getting. And um, obviously unfortunate for him that he ends up on the injured reserve. But um, if Davenport can't go, you know, maybe maybe that's a, an area of opportunity for us to, to try to capitalize on just with some thin depth there at, at the defensive end position. Um, Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, kind of as, as I mentioned, if you let those two guys... Um, they will ruin your day, and this is my first level of concern with with our offense against their defense is what Spencer Brown's status will be for the game. Um, as of right now, everything I've seen, it's not trending in the direction of him playing. Of course, things can change pretty quickly, um, but our offensive line, they, they played okay against the Colts, but We've seen with Brown out of the lineup and the shuffle we have to do. It just becomes a, a real area of concern for me real quick. And in a defense that I think is pretty stout all around, I think it's going to be really important to keep Josh upright and give him time in the pocket to to be able to have some longer developing plays because as we'll get into here, through the back end of the defense, they're they're really talented as well. So we're really going to have to find some opportunities to make some plays. Um, moving into the linebackers, uh, another very strong group for the team here. Um, they have Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, and Zach Bond. And this is one of the position groups where I think it's just a really good blend of veteran leadership, talent, and, and some youth. And Zach Bond is a little bit of a younger guy, but you have Demario Davis, you know, Feels like he's been in the league forever, and and he's still playing at a high level. Um, he has three sacks himself this year. Um, Quan Alexander adds another sack, and then they're playing in unison with that front four. They're pretty stout against the run game, um, which you know is probably a pretty easy task against this Bills team as it stands right now. And then they also have some some pass coverage abilities. Um, so overall, I think that's a good group. Quan Alexander's a, a guy I really I've liked for years, and 
kind of the same thing with Demario Davis. He's just been just a steady player for so long in this league, and and to have that veteran leadership in the linebacking position, you know, kind of keeping everybody where they're supposed to be, uh, making sure they're they have the right assignments on any given play, and making sure they're in the right position to make plays. I, I think that's kind of something that goes a little bit underrated in the NFL on just how valuable a smart, talented player is in that position. Um, so overall, just another strength for this team. And that brings us to the cornerbacks, which another guy that was talked about a lot going to the Bills if we were to be drafting a cornerback pretty early. Um, they take Paulson Adebo in the third round. Um, from what I've seen this year, he's been playing pretty well. And then on the opposite side, opposite side of him, you have Marshawn Lattimore, who is just a top-notch cornerback in this league. Um, I don't really want to dive into top five, top ten, seven, whatever. But you know, when you start stacking up the players, he he gets right up there towards the top of them. And and this kind of reminds me of a, a little bit of a, a Trey White, Levi Wallace situation where. Uh, Paulson Adebo being a young player and still kind of learning the ways. Yes, he can go out there and make some plays and be a talented player, but I think there's also some opportunities to to take your chances against him because I, I don't think you're going to get a ton of work against Marshawn Lattimore. Um, and if you do target Lattimore a lot, there's a chance that he makes you pay. Um, this is another situation where you know, where I'm looking at our receiving core, I'm pretty much confident with the guys that we have going up against any secondary in the league. I do think our receiving core is that talented and can pretty much run with anybody out there. Um, but I do think this is kind of a step up in competition from from some of the, the cornerback tandems we've seen recently. Um, so this might be a game where, you know, we really have to go into those fourth, fifth receivers and and have contributions from McKenzie and Gabe Davis. And um, an interesting name this week, um, practicing for the first time today, uh, was Marquez Stevenson. Um, and he, he has 21 days to be activated um, to the active roster or he goes back onto the IR. Um, but that also means that he could play as soon as Thursday. Uh, I don't necessarily think that we do see him on Thursday. Uh, if we do, maybe it's, you know, trying to take a couple shots down the field and, and really use his speed in that regard. Um, but I do think there's a chance that he's activated and, you know, kind of that insurance policy. If we see any more, any more gaffes from McKenzie in, in the return game, um, I digress. Uh, and then the safeties, um, Again, a very strong safety tandem. You have Marcus Williams uh, and Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins has one interception on the season, and Marcus Williams adds another two. Um, Malcolm Jenkins is is right in that same vein of Demario Davis for me, where it, it just it feels like he's been in the league forever, and haven't really seen a situation in which his play is really declining. I think he's the type of player that just his intellect for the game and and the heart that he plays with 
it keeps him in the right positions to make the plays that he should be making. And even as, you know, as you get older and you, you lose that step physically, um, just having that knowledge of where you're supposed to be and what your job is on that play, it goes a long way. And I also feel like he's just been a constant great leader in the NFL. And, you know, this is going back like 10 years. He, he's just that type of leader that he can really galvanize the team. He brings the energy. People people feed off of him. And, you know, you see him make a, a play or two and, you just see the defense respond to it and, and really get juiced up with it. Um, so definitely, as I kind of mentioned, not not a ton of areas on this defense that I can poke holes into. Um, I think they're pretty sound all around, and, and you're just really going to have to get contributions from the team top to bottom. I think this is a game where it's very important for us to, to win the turnover battle and really try to make the Saints play from behind. I think if you're asking Simeon to throw it 35, 40, 40 times in the game, um, get a little pass rush after him. And with our secondary, I think you can you can hope to make a couple plays in that department. Um, but this is this is a game where I think it's really important to get a lead and, and not be playing from behind. Um, just in the fact that I, I think if you let this defense pin their ears back and go after the quarterback and kind of let their secondary make plays off of, you know, getting the the offense a little off balance. I mean, I think this defensive unit in itself is kind of part of the, a major part of the reason that the saints are still able to be at five, five and five with, you know, breeze retires. Jameis Winston goes down for the season. You're playing a combination of, Simeon and Taysom Hill and Kamara goes out and Michael Thomas isn't there. And I think this defense is really keeping them in games to give them some opportunities to win. And, and the team is able to capitalize on that. So overall, a pretty solid team. And, you know, if we, if we were going back three, four weeks, like I said before, I, I would chalk this up as a pretty easy win. And kind of in the situation we're at now again I'm not hitting the panic button but I'm really not looking at any team on our schedule at this point and taking it for granted uh, I think you really got to go out there be juiced up to play in this game and and you know I'm seeing some things in the in the media about teams having a perception of the Bills being soft and and I think there is a certain level of credence to that I I think this defense is really good and really built to to limit teams what teams can do against us when we're playing with a lead and you can get you can get those turnovers taking some extra chances and you can really you know force them to be one dimensional and try to throw on you and let our great secondary go to work um, but if if it's a situation where we get punched in the mouth a couple of times and we have to become one dimensional and we have to stop the ground game and kind of expect their full playbook. I, I just think that puts us at a bit of a disadvantage. Um, all that being said, I, I am still predicting a Bills win here. And I'm, I'm going with a similar score to kind of what I expected from the Colts game and obviously didn't see. I have it being like something Bills 
Bills 24-27, something like that, and the Saints putting up, uh, we'll, we'll go with 21. And I think it's a pretty tight game, and both teams are really going to come come to play. I think the the Bills will have a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder, you know, having just been embarrassed at home. But, you know, this is another one of those losses that, you know, all week we can say, you know, this is a wake-up call. I mean, we said it with Jacksonville. We said it with Pittsburgh in the beginning of the season. Um, we said it with the Titans. And, you know, I, I think the Titans was a, a little bit of a different game, but there's only so many times in a year where you can lose to these teams that you you're sh- you should be beating and, you know, just call it a wake-up call. Uh, it it's starting to become a trend that you're kind of uneven playing in these games that you should be winning. Um, so I think this is a game where you need to take the short week. You need to really be able to put that Colts game behind you quickly. And the best way to get it out of your system is to get back out there and, and play and, and perform against the saints team. So hopefully that's what we see on Thursday and, uh, come out of it with the W. That's going to wrap it up for tonight's show on The Wandering Buffalo. Uh, Like I said earlier in the show, uh, you can find us on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Again, content coming out every day of the week, so I know you want to get a little bit more content, so check out a couple of the shows on there, see if there's something else you like. Uh, You can find us on any social media, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts, you find us there. Um, We're always looking for great guests to join us on the show. So if you're ever interested in just having a little Bill's conversation, um, hit us up in the comments, hit us up on social media, send us a a DM. We'll get back to you and we'd love to have you on the show. That's going to do it tonight. Uh, We'll pick back up with you next week. Hopefully uh, we'll be talking about a Bill's win. Go Bill's. Bill's.